Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen. Aren't you guys excited to be part of the best church in the world? I mean, I'm excited to be here. I love midweek service. Can you give your guys yourself a hand? Man, God is good, amen. I just, I just love the Holy Spirit moving in here. I'm so comfortable to be here with family, and I'm just blessed to uh, have an opportunity to share a message. I do want to honor Pastor Omar and the pastoral team for allowing me to uh, share a message. And I do want to honor my wife, Danielle, who's home right now with uh, all four of our kids. Actually, three kids. I brought one today. But uh, uh, I love my wife. She, puts, she holds everything together, amen. So I do want to honor her and uh, thank her for allowing me to come and minister today. So... Uh, let me just go ahead and open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity just to minister today. I pray that you just move today, Lord God. I pray that you just touch the hearts of your people. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the, the theme of my message, I wanted to uh, talk about choices and the theme that Pastor Omar had. And I wanted to start off with the story. There were two brothers by the name of Tom and Jim Mohanigan who got a loan for $900 to purchase and run a restaurant by the name of Dominic's in Michigan in 1959. They would soon find out how difficult it was managing this restaurant, especially with no experience in the industry. The older brother, Tom, was determined to be successful and started making drastic changes to better serve their customers. One change was to shut down the uh, the dining area and to change their motto from being an in-service restaurant to being a delivery service restaurant. The younger brother, Jim Mohanigan, didn't agree with the changes, but Tom went with it anyway. Soon after that, the phone orders started coming in and very fast and they started falling behind on making their deliveries on time. Once uh, customers started canceling their food orders, Tom had to think fast again and make quick decisions. He told his employees to stop making the food that was least ordered on the menu and focus on serving their most popular items. He wanted to shorten the menu and streamline his food process. Jim, on the other hand, didn't like that idea and finally he couldn't tolerate his brother's changes anymore. So he decided he wanted to leave out of the company. Jim settled to leave the business for a 1960s beat-up VW Beetle, which was actually the the company's first delivery car. But Jim also decided to go back to work as a postman and work at the post office. Now, Tom, on the other hand, he had the business all to himself, and he later changed the name from Dominic's Restaurant to Domino's Pizza. Domino's today is the biggest pizza chain company in the world and has over 17,000 locations worldwide. Talk about making the wrong choice. If Jim would have been able to work with his brother and handle the changes he made, then Jim today would have been worth $800 million. Imagine that, walking away from $800 million. Now what makes the story even more ironic, Jim went to go work at the post office you know eventually his manager was going to give him a stack of Domino's pizza coupons to hand out to every single door that he delivered to. So just imagine getting a stack of 500 coupons of your brother's company and, and, and having to deliver those. If it was me, you know it's going to go straight into the first trash can. No, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But imagine that. Just think about that, the sorrow, the the, the disbelief or the regret that this man might have had, walking away from $800 million just because he couldn't tolerate his brother. And there's something that I, I like about 
uh, Reach Church, and I like the vision of, of, of our church here, and Pastor Omar talked about it a few days ago. He says, what we do here is we don't tolerate people. We honor people. We celebrate people. We celebrate what God does in people's lives. We honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. And I'm here today with you guys to celebrate the great work God is doing. Amen? That's our vision. That's a core value, and that's what we're about. But this story does remind me uh, of a story in the Bible in Luke 18, and this is going to be the verse I'm going to focus on. It's the rich young ruler. In Luke 18, verse 18, it says this, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one um, is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept for my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. When he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich and he had a lot of possessions. Now, I just, want to, I just want you guys to know, Jesus seen a lot of potential in this man. He doesn't ask a lot of people to follow him. And if, if you remember uh, the, the story of Legion, the man who was demon-possessed, when he was healed in his right state of mind, he begged Jesus to go with him. And Jesus looked at his boat and said, sorry, we have no room. No, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. But he did tell the man to be a, a vessel in his region and, and to be a light and tell everything that God did in his life. But I do want to share three things about this story. Three three things I do want to point out. The first thing I want to point out is this man's gift and talents. The second thing is his availability. And the third thing I want to point out is his justification, who he thought he was. Now, I want to point out his gift and talents. Now, think about this. This was a rich, young ruler, the Bible says. Here's a man who self-proclaimed, who's successful, who, who owns probably a few plantations. He probably has people under him. He has a lot of businesses. Here's a man that, that has made it, and he's probably famous in his era. And to think about a man like that today, he would probably be a celebrity. Just think about that. A celebrity. And if he walked into most churches today... He would probably be welcomed in that this, could, this celebrity could, could be the man that will elevate my ministry. I can use this celebrity and his platform to get the word out. People would be flocking to this man to come to their services so they can get bigger crowds. Think about the, the, the type of talent this man had. But Jesus, he wasn't concerned about his talents. He wasn't concerned about his giftings. Uh, so it really didn't um, phase him. And... Um, if, uh, what I wanted to share is if, if, if he was here, he probably would have a TikTok, a TikTok account and have over 100,000 followers. <laughs> Just to be honest, think about what this man can do. But the Bible says in Galatians 6, if a man thinks they are something when they are nothing, they deceive themselves. Jesus knew that this man was self-proclaimed. He knew that a lot of the accomplishments he did, he did on his own. So it would be hard for him to fully surrender and trust God with all that he had. So in 1 John 2, 15, it says this, don't love the world's ways. This is in the message translation. Don't love the the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father, particularly everything that goes on in the world, Wanting, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all the wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does God's will is set for eternity. 
And I want to talk about that set for eternity. This man, he decided to walk away from Jesus. Jesus told him to follow him. He decided to walk away because he had riches that were in, in the world. That, will, that, wrath, uh, that, that moth and rust will destroy. But Jesus told him you would have heavenly riches. Heavenly, eternal riches. Imagine being in eternity just filled with the mansion and all the, all the gold and all the jewelry. He'd be a rapper up there, right? So just imagine that, you know? He would be up there, but instead he walked away sorrowful. Kind of like the way the brother Jim walked away from his, his brother's company and lost $800 million. Just think about that. Think about what he walked away from. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, Do not be conformed by the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I want to tell you something. When you count on your gifts and talents, there will always be someone else that's better, that will have better gifts and better talents. And when you, when you focus on that alone, you're going you're gonna to be dissatisfied or you're going to be walking away sorrowful. Because there's always somebody that's better than you. There's always somebody that can do a little bit more than you. So don't focus on your talents and your giftings, but focus on God and what he can do in your life. Amen? And I want to give you a little bit of, of, of things um, that, that can help you that are better than gifts and talents. Zero, uh, these things, um, here's a few things that require zero talent. Uh, one of them is showing up on time. Having a positive attitude. Being passionate. Being humble, being coachable. If you want to make a difference, be a fat Christian. I heard Pastor Eddie Vargas say this, but um, Pastor Isaac corrected me. He said he got that from Pastor Omar. But a fat Christian is this. This is something that, that requires no talent. Be faithful, be available, and be teachable. If you can do those three things, that'll get you further than any talent and any gifting can ever, can ever get you. Amen? Secondly... Jesus wasn't impressed about all the things that he had. You see, Jesus wasn't impressed by his capability. He was more concerned by his availability. And that's something Pastor Omar always says as well. The Bible says that this man had many possessions and he was extremely rich. So Jesus told him to sell all that he had because God wanted his full heart and not just half heart. In Matthew 6, 19, oh, I already said that, do not lay up treasures in heaven. Let me go on to say this. Luke 9, 61, it says this, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, there's a reason why Jesus wanted him to let go of all his possessions. Uh, Pastor Omar preached on identity and Moses having to make a decision who was in the palace. He was in the palace. Is he going to continue to be fake and be a fake prince and, and, and be in, in, in the Egyptian palace? Or was he going to make a stand and trust in God and walk away from everything? And we know the story that he trusted God, he walked away, and he ended up coming back, and he saved all the Hebrew men out of Egypt and all the women out of Egypt. He saved a whole nation because he trusted on the Lord. You see, Jesus can't use you if you're not willing to let go of the things that are of this world. See, Jesus wants you to reach your, your capacity, and Moses was willing to let everything go, and because of that, Jesus was able to reach his capacity and be able to save the Hebrew people. How many more people does God, does God want you to save if you would just let go of the things of the world? Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, Jesus didn't want this man serving two masters. He didn't want this man serving mammon and him. He knew that money had a, a, a very hard a stronghold on him. And he would, if he wanted to use him fully, this man would have to make that decision and, and be able to willingly let go of it all. But this man couldn't let it go at all. And I finally want to end with this. 
how this man thought he was justified. This man told Jesus, all those things I do. I don't commit adultery. I, I, I honor my mother and father. I follow all the commandments. I do everything you ask. And I think when he was asking Jesus this, he was looking for some credibility. Like, yeah, you're doing everything right. You're going to make it into heaven. But Jesus says, no, 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 that's not it. And I started thinking about that, how he justified himself, how he felt that everything that he was doing was the right way to go. But yet he was so far from God. He had, he had no uh, relationship with God. He was just caught up in routine. He was caught up in works. And he was just caught up serving and not fully having faith in the Lord. Remember, Ephesians, Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I'm going to get a drink of water real quick. Are you guys enjoying this? Amen. Much better. So this man had a checklist. And I wonder if you guys have a checklist. I woke up at 4 a.m. I prayed. I, I, I read the word, I worshiped, I come to church on time, I made, it to, uh, uh, I made it to Saturday morning prayer, I'm here on Wednesday night, I'm here on Friday night. You're going through all uh, of the, uh, the checkmark boxes, and, and what may happen is that is you start losing a sense of relationship with God. You start losing a sense of serving the Lord, and you just start going through routine. And what's scary about that is, I started thinking about that, when you start going through routine and you start checking the boxes, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, eventually you're going to roll over and start comparing yourself to other people. You're going to start comparing, well, I came early and this person came late, so I guess I'm next in line, you know? Or, or I'm always at prayer and this person isn't, not knowing their story, not knowing if they have to work or anything, but they're never here, so that means I'm next in line. And you start focusing, instead of focusing on serving God, instead of focusing on pleasing the Lord, you're too busy trying to be a people pleaser, and you're so busy fighting your brother and sister for title, you're fighting your brother and sister in the church uh, for who's going to be the next promoted person or who's going to get the next promotion, and instead you're not focusing on serving God and honoring each other. And that's why I love pastor's vision and, and, and his core value, because we celebrate people here. We don't tolerate our brothers. We're not here just to say, oh man, there he is again. No, we love what God is doing in every single one of your lives. We know, uh, we know that you could be somewhere else, but you're here and we know God's gonna move in your life. We know God's gonna bless you and we know God can do great things in you. Uh, you have potential like this rich young man and God wants you to follow him with everything you have, amen? But I, I do wanna share this. Being self-righteous and having this type of attitude of marking off the check boxes is very scary. In the same chapter, just a couple verses before, in Luke 18, 9, and it's not a coincidence why it's here, but in verse 9, it says this, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing, far, uh, standing by himself, prayed, thus God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I got. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house more justified rather than the other. 
For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. See, the problem of having a, 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 a checkbook or just marking all the check, check marks is not only are you competing with your brother in the church and, and, and sister for a title and position, but you're also overlooking all the new people that are coming in. You're overlooking all the things that God's doing in, in the person to the left of you and right of you. The new people that are getting delivered from drugs. The people that are getting set free from alcohol. The families that are being changed and transformed. The, 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 the marriages that were on the, the, the verge of divorce. God is healing them and restoring them. The people rising up to open up connect groups. God is moving in people's lives. And when you get caught up in having a, a, a checking the boxes, you, you, you lose all, all, all sight of what God is doing all around you. And I want to encourage you guys to continue to move for the kingdom of God. Because when you have the focus on serving God and, and, and building a relationship with God, the love that he has for you will spread into other people. You will just have a desire to outreach. You'll have a desire to share the gospel. You'll have a desire to share your testimony and to be fruitful. Appreciate where you are now and stop having a check marks, uh, uh, a checkbox to mark and just appreciate serving the Lord. And you're going to see God's going to be fruitful in your life and in fruitful in your family's life. And God's going to continue to move and reach paramount. Amen. God bless you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I can't wait to hear Brother Johnny. Amen. I know we had awesome worship. How many enjoyed that worship earlier? I don't know we prayed, but pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, God. We thank you for uh, just your Holy Spirit today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, that we're not identified by, by our past, but we're identified by who your word says we are, Lord. And so, God, we thank you. Lord, I pray that your word will go forth with power, encourage, Lord, and strengthen us this evening in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And so I'm going to stick on the theme. Uh, I love this theme. This theme has really, uh, is really uh, just challenged me. But also, um, it's funny because a, a couple of months ago, maybe about five or six months ago, I, I had a, a thought that came to my mind, and it was, had to do with identity. And so the last time I preached, I was going to, I was going to share it. And I said, and, you know, and through prayer, and I felt like, well, I'm not going to share it now. And and here we are on the, on the theme is identity. And, you know, it's, it's crazy how God works if you just wait on him. Amen. And so uh, I know this message is going to bless somebody. Amen. As long as one person is blessed by it, it's all worth it. And so uh, one of my favorite scriptures is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And uh, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come and the old is gone and the new is here. And so aren't you glad that God doesn't identify you by your past? Come on, how many are glad that you're not identified by your past? And so tonight, I, I, briefly, I, I just want to talk about stolen identity, right? I want to talk about stolen identity or identity theft. And so identity theft, it happens all the time. Uh, every, every day people are having their identity stolen, uh, thousands, maybe even millions. Uh, and it causes all kinds of unnecessary headaches and problems that take months and even years to, to clear up. And the reason why I know this is because I personally went through identity theft. Um, and it, it was a long process. Uh, it took months of going back and forth with the IRS, with the creditors, uh, to, to, you know, I had to verify who I was. And um, I was finally able to get it cleared up. But here is the crazy part. The crazy part is I didn't even know that my identity was stolen. 
I did not even know my identity was stolen. My, someone was using my identity since I was 14 years old. But, and, and I began to think about that. I began to think how spiritually, spiritual identity theft can happen so subtle, so fast, if we are not alert or attentive to what's going on in our walk with the Lord. Amen. How many, how many can say amen to that, right? So it does, and, and here's the thing. It doesn't matter who you are, what's your title, how long you've been saved. Uh, we're all open game. There's a real enemy gunning for each one of our souls. And if, and if he can get us to do a little compromise here, a little compromise there, and if we're not careful, uh, we can start to identify with who, it, with who we used to be. And that's why the Bible says, one of my, another one of my favorite scriptures in, in uh, 1 Peter 5.18, it says, Be alert and sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking so who, to see who he can devour. And so my question is, what are some preventative measures that, that we should take in order uh, that we don't become another believer that is lukewarm or completely, uh, who or completely walks away from the things of God because our identity was stolen? And so there's a couple of things. I really love using PowerPoints, but there's three things that I, I just kind of want to convey to you guys. And, and, and I know that it's going to help you because it's pretty much going back to the basics. Amen. And say, get, say go back to the basics. So if you're in a season right now of dryness, a season of despair, all you got to do is go back to the basics, right? Go back to the basics. And so the first thing I want to talk about is communication, right? Which another word for it is prayer. As believers, as men and women of God, we have to have communication with God. That's a, that's a, that's a no-brainer. You will not survive if you do not have a prayer life. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. I looked up the word communication, and, and it means this. It says the, impart, the imparting or exchange of information or news. And so prayer is vital. Say it. Prayer is vital. Prayer is vital. We should be in communica- communication with God, not just daily, but we should communicate several times throughout the day with the Lord. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Not just when you leave the house and when you get home. How many know you need to pray on the way to work as you're sitting in traffic? You need to pray when you get to work because you can't stand your coworkers. And, you know, you need to pray for yourself that God gives you patience. But you need to also pray throughout the day, right? You need to pray at the end of the day before you get home, right? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. And so you need to, but prayer needs to be consistent throughout the day, not just one time or two times. And so Romans 12, 12, I love this. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Prayer is so vital for the life of the believer. It actually gives us, uh, through prayer, we have access to heaven. Amen. Another scripture is Romans eight twenty six. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, uh, for we do not know what to pray for. As we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Uh, I didn't give you guys this scripture, but I'm going to say it. First Corinthians fourteen two. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So I would encourage you if, if you've never, if you don't pray in tongues, I would encourage you when you're alone and in the morning, begin to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to pray in, in the Holy Spirit, because there's power in that. Amen. And people might say, well, that that's not. That's not biblical. Paul wrote a whole chapter on it, First uh, Corinthians 14, and so it's biblical, right? I'm not, I'm not making stuff up. It's biblical, and there's power because it takes faith to speak in tongues or to pray in tongues. And so I encourage you, if you're not praying in tongues, ask God to give it to you, Amen, and He'll give it to you. Am I going too fast? I feel like I'm speeding through this thing. Okay. 
<laughs> Amen. Uh, the second thing is that we need that's going to help us to, to maintain and not allow the enemy to steal our identity is the word. Say the word. The word. Like I said, we're getting back to basics. Communication, prayer, and we need the word. See, the Bible is not merely a historical book. Although it is filled with history and his story, right? His story. It's a living text. You want to learn the character of God? It's in his word. You want to know what upsets God? It's in his word. You want to know how to displease God? It's in his word. You want to know um, how you should treat others? It's in his word. You want to know how to parent? It's in his word. You want to know how to finance? It's in his word. You want to know how to love? It's in his word. And so you have to stay in the word. You have to get in the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So I, I remember this time we, was, uh, we were on outreach and um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lot of us. And I remember uh, Brother Danny, bon, big, big Dan Bonet was on the, on the board. He was preaching fire. He was, I mean, he was probably, I think he was preaching the uh, Romans road, right? Romans 8, he's just getting it. And, and I remember I was standing on the street and, and he's, as he's preaching, a young lady comes out. And, and she looks baffled. She looks con like kind of confused. And, and, she, and she comes to me. She goes, you guys were calling me. And we're like, I don't even know. I never even met her. And she goes, yeah, I, I heard you guys calling me. I heard you guys calling my name. And, and all Dan was doing, he was preaching. And so she came out to the street. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that drew her out to there. Because there's power in God's word. And she came. And even that day, we led her to the Lord right there. We prayed for her on the street. Now, I hope that she's still serving God or something because we don't know what happened. But... It's just, I just wanted to share that, that there's power in God's word. There's power in God's word. And so Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by what? Hearing. By hearing. Hey, you guys are good. You guys are going to RBI. Um, and hearing. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when you start to go through things, I want to tell you, when you have God's word in you, God's word is, is, is full of promises, but it also reminds you of who you are. And whose you are, but uh, a couple of scriptures, I mean, I, I didn't give you scriptures, but the Bible says that we're more than conquerors. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. The Bible says that we are sons and daughters. The Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says that you're a new creation, that I'm a new creation. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in me, the same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that was hovering before the face of the earth. That same Spirit is in you and I. And so that's what the Bible says. So when you begin to get those promises, promises in your heart and in your soul you know when when life happens and tribulations happen you have the word of god that's going to sustain you you have the word of god that's going to that's going to comfort you and encourage you and remind you remind you that you're more than a conqueror but you're not going to if if you don't know god's word you're not going to you're going to you're going to fall if you don't know god's word you're going to drift and so that's why you have to get in god's word the last thing is we need to listen say listen 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 linda Right? We need to listen. And I know it's hard to listen sometimes because the reality is, is we're, we're rebellious. Right? Who likes to be told what to do? Raise your hand if you like to be told what to do. Yeah, nobody's hand, right? But we need to listen. How many of you want to be blessed? Raise your hand. Right? Put two hands up. Check it out. Luke eleven twenty eight says this. Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God. And obey it. So you want to be blessed? Obey God's word. Plain and simple.
on all levels, right? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Christian. Uh-huh. <laughs> What, what, uh, I love the book of James. James, what does James say? He says not to just be hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word, right? And so we have to listen. One is to the Holy Spirit, right? Because when you got saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that tells you, don't go there, don't do that. You know, don't, don't even get involved in that. But, and when you go away from that, you're being disobedient. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Little compromise here, little compromise there. And so we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to God's word. But here's another thing, too. We also need to listen to the people that God has placed in our lives and authority, right? I think about how blessed I am, uh, my pastors, you know, all of them, uh, Evangelist John, right? Um, We're we're a blessed church, but but you, and even your connect group leaders, right? And And I said this a long time ago when I preached. And I'm giving a, a shout out to the Connect Group leaders, man. God bless you guys. You guys, op- we, we, you open up your home every week. You prepare. So you guys will know that it takes a lot to, to, to run a Connect. And so that's why I'm always, man, we need to pray for our pastors because they run a whole church. And, and they run multiple churches. And so, amen. But we, your Connect Group leader literally wants the best for you. We're not here to try to control people. We're, you're, you're all grown adults. We don't want to control, but we want to see people thrive in the things of God. That's all, that's all it is. So if your connect group leader comes up to you and says, hey, you, hey you're, you're cutting up, or hey, you know, and they try to give you sound advice, just know that they're not coming from a place of control. They're coming from a place of love. And so be open to that before you get fleshed out and get all mad and want to leave the church. Amen. You got, there's got to be a point where you have to mature as a Christian. You have to mature. It's funny. I use this in Pastor Omar uses it too. Um, you get mad at people at work, but hey, you're still at you've been at that job for 20 years. You get mad at the church, you want to you want to bounce. That's neither here nor there, right? <clears throat> and so back to li- we need to listen. So I got saved on a Wednesday night, and by Friday night I was in Connect. So I know the value and uh, the, the, the importance of connect groups. So if you don't attend a connect group on Friday night, I encourage you, attend one. Get connected. We have connect groups all throughout. Diff- uh, we have a couple in Paramount. We're just hit up an usher. Or come talk to me after. I'll, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. Um, but, but here's the thing. In that connect group is, um, <clears throat> excuse me. There were times where my leader would bring correction to me, right? I'm a, so I'm a new convert. I'm, I'm, off the str- I'm kind of fresh off the streets, right? Um, and so here's a man who's, who's, who's telling me, hey, hey, man, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. And I thank God that I listened to him, right? I'm, I thank God. I didn't say, bro, who are you trying to tell me what to do, bro? What are you, my dad? I listened to him. And, 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 and it's funny because I, I, I've had this... I got this revelation early. This man loves me, and this man cares for me, and God placed him in my life because I don't know how to be a Christian, and he does. And so I'm going to do whatever he says. If he says I need to change something, then I probably need to change something because I don't know. I have blind, we all have blind spots. And so listen. Listen, listen. <laughs> yeah, listen. And just know that, that you know, if, if your pastor or your connect group leader comes to you and says, hey, Maybe you need to switch it up. Just be open to that. Don't, don't get all mad. You know, if you do get mad, repent and, you know, 
I guarantee you they're leading you the right way. Hebrews 13, 17 says this, obey your leaders. And see, it's biblical too. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they will keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Yeah, so we have to give an account to God. Uh, So just as a reminder, three things that will help help us um, to remind us of our identity in Christ is one, communication, prayer. Two is the word, right? Got to have the word. Obedience, listening. And if we can be consistent in those areas, uh, I, I'm pretty confident. Actually, I'm one million percent confident. If you can be consistent in these, you will not conform, bend, or break to the enemy. He will not steal your identity. Amen. And so in closing, I have a little story. I promise I'm going to share this story real quick. You guys can come up. Not, not that you guys, you guys didn't come up. <laughs> Amen. But... I promise I didn't write these names. This is the, these, these names were already on the story, okay? So, <laughs> so there, was, there, was a, there was a little boy visiting his grandparents on their farm, and he was given a slingshot to play with out in the woods. And he, he practiced in the woods, but he could never hit the target. And he got getting a little discouraged. He headed back for dinner. And as he was walking back, he saw his grandma's pet duck. And just out of impulse, he, he let that slingshot fly. He hit the duck square in the head, and he killed it. Yeah. And he was shocked and grieved. And in a panic, he hid the dead duck in the wood pile, only to see that his sister was watching. And Sally had seen it all, but she, she said nothing. After lunch the next day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Grandma, Johnny, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen. And then she whispered to him, remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later that day, Grandma asked if the children wanted to go fishing. And, and uh, I'm sorry, Grandpa wanted to see if the children wanted to go fishing. And Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me make supper. So uh, Sa- uh, Sally just smiled and said, well, that's all right, because Johnny told me he wanted to help. So she whispered again, remember the duck. So Sally went fishing and Johnny stayed to help. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and, Sal- and Sally's, he finally couldn't stand it any longer. And he came to his grandmother and he confessed that he had killed the duck. His grandma knelt down and gave him a hug and said, Sweetheart, I know. You see, I was standing at the window and I saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I forgave you. I was just wondering how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. And so whatever is in your past, whatever you have done, the devil keeps throwing it in your face. Lying, cheating, fear, bad habits, hatred, anger, bitterness. Whatever it is, you need to know that God sees everything and he saw everything. He was standing at the window. He saw the whole thing. He's seen your whole life. And he wants you to know that he loves you and that you are forgiven. He's just wondering how long you will let the devil make a slave of you. The great thing, the great thing about God is that when you ask for forgiveness, he not only forgives, but he also forgets. And so stop identifying yourself with your past sins and allowing the enemy to torment you, to lie to you. You're called to walk in the newness of Christ. Don't allow the enemy to steal your new identity in Christ because of your past mistakes. My last scripture, and I'm, I'm sorry I didn't give it to you guys, but... It's God's words of promise. And, and, and Hebrews 10, 14 says, For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit 
also witnesses to us. For after he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. And I will write them. Then he adds, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And so in Christ, we have a new identity. And you're not defined by your past. I I know we've we've been preaching this uh, for a a little bit, almost two months. And, you know, because it's, the enemy is always constantly, always constantly trying to remind you of your mistakes, of your past, right? And we have two enemies. We're fighting the flesh and we're fighting the devil, you know? And so I encourage you to to get into God's word. Stay, Stay communicating with God. Get into his word. But also be open and listen to what he has to say to you. Amen. So if you can just, uh, every, every head bowed and uh, every eye closed for just a moment as we, um, we pray. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. You know, this evening, I, I don't know, I don't know everyone in this room. But God does. God knows exactly everyone in this room. He knows exactly what's going on in each one of our lives. And he loves you. He cares for you. He loves you so much that he wants to forgive you. He'll forgive you. And not only will he forgive, but he'll forget And so I, I, tonight, I just, I, I, I have to, we have to do this because this is the most important part of this service is that if you don't know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, friend, I want to tell you that it's the greatest thing that you can ever do. The greatest thing you can ever do in your life is allow the, allow the Lord into your heart, friend. I, I tell you, he will not let you down. He will not let you down. And so if that's you, you say, you know what? I've never accepted Christ Jesus. But I want to today. You could just go ahead and lift up your hand and say, hey, I want to receive Christ. Amen, sis. We see one hand there. Anyone else? God loves you. God cares for you. He really does. He really does. He wants to heal you. He wants to forgive you because he loves you. Is anyone else say, you know what, I, I want to get in on this. I, 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 I need to get right with God today. I'm not living right or, you know, I, I, I know that I don't, have, I don't have Jesus in my heart. If that's you, be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Just ra- raise your hand. We're not going to make you do nothing crazy. We, you know, it's all about getting right with God. Anybody else? Maybe you, you know the, the goodness of God. You've walked in the goodness of God. But you feel like your identity has been stolen and you're not walking with God. And you say, I, I, I need to recommit my life to Jesus. And if that's you, I would ask you, would you be bold enough to say, you know what, I'll, I'll raise my hand. I, I, I need to get right with God. I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm away from God. In my heart, I know I'm away from God. See, you, can, you, you, you can't lie to, to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to yourself. If you're not in right standing with God, 
He's, he's, he's waiting for you. He loves you. I can't emphasize that enough, that he loves you so much. The Bible says that he sent his only son to die for us because he loves us. And so if that's you, and say, hey, I just I want to I wanna recommit my life to Christ. Just raise your hand. So this is what we this is what we want to do. If if you if you raise your hand, right? I just want to ask you if you can just if you would just come up and, and meet meet us right here at the altar. We're gonna have some. You're not gonna come up alone. Someone's gonna come up and pray with you. If, but if that's you, you raise your hand. Come on up. We want we want to pray with you. Somebody will pray with you. I, I know that there was a hand that was raised back here somewhere. It's, it's kind of hard to see. But if. Everyone, so I'm, I'm just going to lead you guys in a prayer. And you guys know, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys know the Lord or if you, you know, but I know that God cares for you. And, and uh, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not the, it's not the words of the prayer, but it's the condition of your heart and the fact that you came up here. It, it takes a lot. I know it does. But God loves you. And God's going to use your life. I believe that. And so this is just the beginning. Amen. And so if you would just, um, just repeat these words after me, I say Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart, to forgive me of all my sin. I thank you for dying for me on that cross. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you, Lord, to guide me, to lead me, and to be with me. And I declare to live for you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we, this is going to pray with you guys. Amen. Uh, Brother Pete, come up. And so tonight we talked about, Peter talked about choices and, you know, we all have choices in life, you know, and, but I, I want to encourage you. You might say, hey, I'm a little, I'm in a season of, of, of despair. I'm, I'm, I'm in a season of, of, um. I just need to be, I just need to hit the altar. The altar is open. We would love to pray with you, but come get a hold of God. I encourage you, come, come get a hold of God. Come to the altar. At the altar is where there is breakthrough. At the altar is where there is breakthrough. Sometimes we have to push our pride to the side and not worry about, oh, they're going to think that, they're going to think this, they're going to think that. No, no, no. If you feel like you need to come and get a hold of God, you need to come and get a hold of God. Amen. There's breakthrough at the altar. I can't emphasize that enough. There is breakthrough at the altar. And so, yeah, the altars are Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.